Welcome to the Fortinet 5G Security Talks podcast series. Listen in to learn more about the importance of security and 5G adoption. I'm your host, Jessica Richel, Vertical Marketing Manager here at Fortinet. And joining me today are Joe Robertson, our MESC SOFO OT Security, and Ronan Spierer, our Mobile CSP Solutions Marketing Director. So I'm really happy to have you guys here today. So I want to welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jessica. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, Jessica. Great. So, I mean, together during this episode, we're going to look at and discuss what are the security implications of 5G-enabled industrial environments. So, Joe, honestly, I think a good place for us to start our conversation today is really to take our audience back to the pre-5G era and really give them a refresher on what are the security considerations and implications in a non-5G industrial environment. Well, sure. That's a good idea. I think go hop into the Wayback Machine and and see what's been going on that's led us to where we are. You know, production environments, they've been computer controlled for decades, long since, uh, since long before 5G, of course. And there are lots of different types of industrial control systems. And they're from a lot of different vendors, major vendors like Siemens, Schneider Electric, GE, Yokogawa, and a host of others. Now, these have grown up over the decades in a sort of parallel universe to the business systems that are at the core of IT. For most of that time, cybersecurity was at best a secondary consideration. And there were a lot of reasons for this. First was that most of these industrial systems were self-contained and they were completely independent of the IT environment. We called it the air gap because that's literally what it was. There was no connection between IT and the industrial control systems, no wires, no switching, no routing, no nothing. Not only that, in many cases, the communication in the industrial system didn't use standard IP. There were, and and there still are actually, many industrial protocols like Modbus, S7, and lots of others. Now, in a lot of cases, they are integrated and they're uh, encapsulated in IP for transport, but that's all. So uh, actually, over the years, IT couldn't even talk to OT because literally they couldn't talk the same language. But the digital transformation of the last decade or so has also come to the world of production and operations, of course. Control systems are being integrated with business systems and with analytics, so asset owners can draw data from them and analyze that data via statistical or predictive analysis or or other analyses and gain priceless intelligence on what's happening and what's likely to happen in real time. As a result, we're seeing interconnections between the world of IT and OT. Data has to flow. You know, A long time ago, my father, many, many years ago, taught me something. He said, son, for every might as well, there's a yabbit. You know what I'm saying here. You know, we might as well stay out late tonight and party. Yeah, but you have to get up early tomorrow and go to work. Don't forget. Well, this applies to OT, IT convergence as well. Might as well interconnect the OT and IT systems, right? Yeah, but you expose your production environment to the same cyber threats that you've been seeing in IT for the last 30 years, but without 30 years of experience battling those bad guy adversaries. That's actually a a pretty unique and interesting way of looking at things, Joe. So then how should industrial environments be protected? Well, for me, there are three main threats. There's lots of ways of looking at this, but there's three main ideas in securing the OT environment. And they're not that different from the IT environment, 
but there are a few tweaks, shall we say. First off, I would say we're talking about you want to put in place passive defense. The second thrust is to put in place active defense. And the final one is resilience and recovery. So very quickly, passive defense is about knowing what you have and shielding it from attack. That means having a complete inventory of your assets, including the, the PLCs, actuators, sensors, anything that's actually connected to the network. Plus, you want to have tools that give you visibility into those assets. Know what they are, what their uh, levels of software are, what uh, uh, their configurations are, etc. You can also go further and use artificial intelligence to establish what we would call a baseline of what is normal activity and traffic in your OT network which allows you then to notice if there are any divergences from this norm that could be signaling an intrusion or an attack. Now, that leads us into the active defense part of what I was going to talk about, which is the fact that there's there's a few different concepts involved in, in active defense. Let me start with segmenting the OT environment into lots of smaller networks. We often call them zones and conduits in the, the parlance of certain of the uh, architectures that we use, like the Purdue model. This segmentation prevents an attacker who gets into one area from moving laterally to compromise other systems or devices. Now, this is primarily a function of firewalls. Now, you also want to protect against known threats. You know, there are hundreds of millions of viruses out there. We can identify them and block them. But there are new threats that are being created every day that we can't identify. We don't know about them yet. So you want to put in place tools to catch those unknown threats too. For example, sandboxing. Sandboxing is a, a, an IT tool that we can use in OT as well. And it's just like a, a bomb disposal unit. You put a suspicious package. Uh, in this case, it'd be a file or an attachment to a, an email, for example. You put it in a safe area and set it off to see what it does. If it's malicious, it it figuratively explodes, but it's in a place where it can do no harm. And now you know it's a threat and you can block it anytime it turns up. There's another great tool, I think, for OT environments, uh, which also comes out of the IT world, which is deception technology. It's sometimes called honeypots. You set up a system that looks to an attacker like something interesting. Maybe it's a SCADA system or an HMI. If he bites, if he tries to go in and get into it, you know you've been compromised and you can act to block him. Now, the third main area is resilience and recovery. This isn't so much about technology. It's about people in many cases. It means anticipating that you're going to be attacked and developing response scenarios. Create playbooks about what to do if X, Y, or Z happens, for example. Make sure you have physical backup systems. If an attacker makes a process run out of control, perhaps taking control of, say, the temperature management in a steel furnace so that it heats up beyond its tolerances, you need to have a physical bypass that does not rely on the computer control of the ICS system, which has, of course, been compromised. Well, thanks, Joe. You've actually given us quite a lot to think about, ponder on, and consider, and we haven't even talked about 5G yet. And this is where I want to give you the floor uh, to Ronan, who's our 5G expert here today, because, Ronan, if we bring 5G into the equation within these industrial environments, 
what does it actually bring from a technical and business perspective? Why use 5G in the first place in these environments? Well, you know, as we've heard, we've heard from Joe about how digital transformations, transformation has changed the way that OT and IT are evolving, um, connecting, and how it opened a whole bunch of, um, um, you know, attacks and, and enlarged the attack surface. You know, 5G is a technology which is further expanding the capabilities of enterprises um, to actually uh, um, launch in digital transformation initiative. Industrial enterprises, like like any other commercial enterprises, you know, will embrace um, any new technology when it brings clear, you know, business advantages, business value, uh, things like you know, um, cost reduction. Uh, the ability to address new markets, the ability to increase automation and, and efficiency, the ability to um, enhance products and services, and 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 in certain industrial environments, for example, the ability to provide you know higher level of, of physical safety. So, so uh, you know, it, so when you looked at five G, at what five G enables, and five G actually ticks all of these boxes that I've mentioned and much more um, from the technical perspective. It, it natively caters for, for the evolution uh, of OT into industrial IoT uh, and, and IoT uh, devices and communications. It's built in. Uh, it provides very, very, very ultra high reliability uh, mobile connectivity in industrial environments, um, you know, which, which enables complete mobility for workers and machine. That's, that's a huge advantage because what it means is that if I want to launch a new production line, if I want to change something based on different requirement based of com competitive uh, pressure based on any type of, 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 of criteria or input, that can be done very easily, cost effectively, um, and fast compared to any other solution, to any other solution, which would be very high in cost and would take a lot of time. It provides guaranteed quality of service. It provides, you know, very, very low latency, uh, which enables by itself much greater automation, closed loop automation, process control, and therefore, you know, greater safety uh, and many, many other use cases um, that require these type of capabilities. Uh, so, um, you know, all of these together, um, you know, provide you um, clear uh, business advantages, plus the fact that 5G natively separates the management of the network or the control of the network and the data itself, the data plane, um, you know, allows you to very easily treat certain type of data locally um, within a factory, for example, okay, and as close as possible to the, the data source, um, which enables, you know, better security, um, you know, geographical, operational type of contacts, you know, very, very low latency and more. Um, so the business benefits are clear. Um, greater physical safety for employees, machines, and processes as a whole. Um, much greater agility and faster go-to-market for products and services um, that immediately translates to better competitivity and, and, and growth. Um, you know, greater automation, greater efficiency, uh, which translate immediately to cost reduction and effectiveness. And of course, there are more. Um, yeah, so all of this together makes 5G a very attractive technology for, for different industry uh, verticals, both in 
geographically geographically limited environments, for example, you know, a factory, uh, a refinery, uh, a factory, uh, uh, a manufacturing plant, and so on, but also for national and international type of use cases and environments. Thanks, Ronan. I re really appreciate the insights. Now, I just want to go back to Joe, because now that we have a better understanding of the benefits of adding 5G in an industrial environment, I think our audience really wants to know what's happening with security. What are the security implications of adding 5G in these environments? And, you know, what best practices and, and or solutions would you recommend? Well, obviously, yeah, that's a, a, a very, uh, the point of this uh, podcast, in fact, what do we do? Uh, for me, I think the most exciting thing about 5G is that by reducing or even eliminating many of the physical constraints in a production environment and in reducing those constraints for the automation of the production systems, it really allows for tremendous innovation. You know, we're going to be starting to see a huge, huge explosion in new smart stuff, as I like to call it, specialized 5G devices that will focus on gathering even more information or or managing processes in the production environments to an even finer degree. But, you know, just because the stuff is smart doesn't mean it's secure. In fact, being smart can make these devices even more attractive to att attackers. Um, a lot of IoT and IIoT, Industrial Internet of Things devices, they're going to have, and they have already, the ones that are in place, they're going to have very constrained hardware. And often they've got very weak or even non-existent authentication. You plug them in and they work. Okay, A lot of these don't even have a management interface. And and when you think about other secure type functions like encryption, mm, uh, you're not going to see that very often with these, maybe more and more, but not that often. So as if that isn't enough, keep in mind that if you're in the production uh, management chain, these devices are in your production environment and they can be gateways for attackers. For example, a few years ago, the Mirai botnet attack was based on thousands of security cameras that were compromised. So you asked me, what are some of the best practices for protecting yourself? We could spend several hours talking about that, but let me go into just a, a few of the high level ideas. We've already mentioned several things, everything that we've already talked about still holds, but some things are extra important in a 5G environment. First and perhaps most importantly, any 5G devices that connect in any way to the industrial or the business network should be set aside in a separate segment behind a next generation firewall, uh, like, like our 40Net 40 gate. Uh, that's a, a great example of the kind of segmentation device that can set these apart and protect the rest of your environment from attackers that may get into the 5G devices. Another important action is to ensure that you have a sophisticated network access control function, such as uh, Fortinac uh, from, from Fortinet, but something that prevents a device from actually entering the network until it has been identified, authenticated, and authorized. Now that brings up the final area of security focus for what I'm gonna talk about. Uh, that would be user identification and authentication that would include users that are on the production site, but also, and very importantly, remote access users. 
This applies in any industrial or actually uh, it also uh, applies in a business network, regardless of whether or not there are 5G devices attached. 5G smart stuff will usually be unmanaged, like I was saying, but you also have managed devices. You have operators at a console, the, the HMI, the human machine interface, the, the historian, the engineers, as well as third parties that may be accessing equipment for maintenance or troubleshooting. So you need to positively identify each of these individuals and give them access only to what they need and no more. Multi-factor authentication is important here. It can help prevent an attacker who has stolen credentials from impersonating an authorized user and gaining access. I could also mention several other useful tools and tactics that are, that are tied in here, like uh, zero trust and things like that. But I think we've gone into enough detail for the moment, Jessica. Yeah, thanks, Joe. No, indeed. But that was actually very interesting. And at least it gives us that high level view of what you know we need to focus on. So. Ronan, now before we end our podcast today, one final question for you. Uh, with industrial organizations, we know that they're investing in 5G technology, and we know that with 5G technology expected to become a service and network infrastructure for industrial environments, what specific 5G considerations and best practices should these organizations consider and undertake? So, um you know, it's important that we start by actually looking how 5G is going to be consumed uh, by enterprises or how they're going to use it. And, 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 you know, in industrial environments, you know, what we see right now and what we expect is that there would be three main uh, ways or architectures or deployment ways of actually consuming or using 5G. One is, you know, a private or non-public 5G network. That is, the enterprise builds its own private, private network to serve its own needs and use cases. The second one is, is via a public 5G, what is known as a network slice. So um, on top of a public 5G network, um, the enterprise is actually um, has its own virtual private 5G network uh, for its use cases. Um, and that is required when you need, um, in use cases where you need more of a national or international type of, of, of connectivity. Um, uh, and then a combination of, of both. And eventually we believe that it will be a combination of both that where uh, we will see most of, of, of enterprises consuming 5G. Right now, you know, private 5G is the main uh, um, consumption mode and where, where industrial um, enterprises are investing uh, for, for multiple reasons, reasons, which I won't go over. But, um, you know, um, what that implies, um, well, first of all, we need to remember before talking about what this implies, um, you know, that, that these enterprises um, do not um, deploy 5G for the sake of 5G, right? Um, 5G is an enabling technology for a certain number of, of scenarios or use cases that are required by these different industrial verticals, right? Um, it's an enabler. It's not the goal, right? So in order to be able uh, to... to reach the end goal, uh, enable these use cases, 5G is part of an entire ecosystem, right? Uh, and that entire ecosystem includes the, the operational technology, the industrial um, internet of things devices, so the vendors that provide these 5G capable 
um, appliances or devices. Of course, these are the different, and we have the different um, uh, um, vendors that provide the, actually the applications and the industrial application, the industrial tools that are 5G capable that can take advantage of, of the, the different uh, uh, capabilities that 5G uh, brings to them. Uh, you know, so we said industrial application vendors, you know, the 5G suppliers themselves, um, system integrated. And so, so it's, it's a whole ecosystem that the industrial enterprises are building around 5G use cases. I call it the 5G ecosystem, the industrial 5G ecosystem, right? So, so we say we're going to have different ways that we are going to consume 5G and then you know, 5G is, is part of, of something which is which is bigger, right? So we, when we look at when we when we look at, at 5G and security around you know industrial 5G, um, you know, what are the implications? Well, first of all, is you know, uh, you know, security is as strong as its weakest link, or I would say the you know the enterprise is 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 secure um, uh, to the strength of its weakest weak and 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 the weakest. You know, so we need to make sure that the entire ecosystem is secured end to end. Because if we leave something out, then we have that weak link that can be exploited to get in. So the entire ecosystem, not just 5G, need to be secure end to end. So that's as, as Joe mentioned, you know, the OT, the industrial IoT, um, the ICS environment, the IT environment, the 5G infrastructure itself. The computer environments and application, industrial applications that are being used, whether they're in the uh, locally at the plant. So, for example, the 5G multi-axis edge compute in the private cloud, in the data center, um, in the public cloud, and so on and so forth. Right. So that's that's one thing we need to have that end-to-end um, vision, visibility, and the ability to enforce security. Now. Within that ecosystem, 5G serves as the backbone, will serve as the backbone, right? Um, so although uh, most enterprises, industrial enterprises will, or I would say the, the ones that are um, have the, the resources and see the value of investing in private 5G networks, um, you know, uh, although it is private, it is still um, vulnerable, right? Um, so it needs security to be implemented just as the technology, which is the backbone of your next generation ecosystem, right? So um, some of the possible attack vectors that that represents actually introducing the 5G technology into your networks are things like, um, you know, uh, it's exposed to, you know, intentional or unintentional internal threat, for example, you know, IoT or OT uh, uh, um, storms, uh, signaling storms, um, attacks from the outside, from any outside connected network to that private network, uh, such as your IT environments, your partners, um, etc. As, as Joe mentioned, um, and then within 5G, there are exposure functions that play and will play a big part of uh, the ability of. Uh, enterprises to fine tune dynamically the network to their near to their needs, and these exposure functions, um, although can be although they can be very very uh, 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 um, you know uh, beneficial um, to actually fine tune and meet um, the enterprise requirements, can also be a way for hackers and threat actors um, to get in. And there are others, okay, but these are some of the main ones. So. Uh, uh, this this is something that we need to to look at, whether we're using 
you know, private 5G network in the enterprise and industrial environment or, or, or any other mix such as, you know, a, pri uh, a public network slice or a mixture of both of them, a hybrid environment. And when it comes specifically to consuming um, 5G on a national or, or, or international or global scale, right? Um, and or, or for, you know, because you have a private network and you need to go beyond your limited industrial environment, um, or because you're an enterprise, just, you know, for whatever, uh, you know, you won't have or you won't invest in an expensive private private 5G networks. Now, 5G network slicing is, is the solution, uh, which is, again, a private slice on top of the public 5G network. So you have your own virtual customized private network, okay, which only serves, you know, your machines, your employees, your devices. Um, so... You have uh, you can enable uh, use cases such as you know um, national and international plant connectivity with very high reliability um, and guaranteed um, quality of service. Um, you know specific uh, um, services to specific devices or customers um, with guaranteed quality of service and service levels. Um, you know enhanced productive maintenance and so on and so forth. So so there's a whole bunch of, of, of use cases and services that would be have would 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 we benefit from uh, um, national and international 5g connectivity over a pub a private um, network slice um, now although commercial commercially you know 5g slicing is not yet available it will be available in the coming years right um, so enterprises that do consider using uh, 5g network slicing should make sure that you know the security and, and privacy, you know, um, KPIs and SLAs are part of their uh, of that that private network slice service that they're getting from the mobile operators, right? That's very important. So, if I try to summarize, you know, security um, in in you know for uh, a five G enable industrial environments, you know, there are three important aspects. One is you know, secure the entire industrial ecosystem, um, of which 5G is a key component, but only a component, right? Secure 5G itself as your backbone of that ecosystem, right? So any exposure point, um, any any weakness uh, within 5G, which is not dealt with with native 5G security, and there are um, these exposure points, um, you need to secure to ensure its availability and, and service continuity. And when you consume public 5G as part of your industrial ecosystem, right, such as private slices, um, you know, make sure that security is part of that service and you have the right security SLA and KPIs. Um, and I think that summers, summons this up uh, uh, for now, uh, uh, Jessica. Well, thanks, Ronan. Um, and I want to just thank you both again today uh, for your insights and, and all the information that you've brought here to the table and for your time, of course. And also, I think that our audience today can take away from this episode that any new innovative technology is disruptive and 5G is such a technology, right? And while innovating with 5G actually brings with it numerous opportunities, it also brings risk. And, you know, industrial enterprises, they're already in the process of transformation with their own opportunities and risks. And introducing 5G just simply adds another dimension that must be considered within this overall industrial 5G environment and ecosystem. So again, to all our listeners out there, hope you enjoyed this episode. 
and stay tuned for new episodes from the Fortinet 5G Security Talks podcast.